So last Friday, when the Pac-12 held their media day, it was the unofficial opening to the 2022 USC football season. As of today's taping, the Trojans are now just one month away, or just 31 days if you prefer, from kicking the Lincoln-Riley air off when they host Rice at the Coliseum. Here are two of many things to look for when fall camp opens uh, this Friday. Uh, what's going to be the rush-in rotation on the defensive side of the ball? And same question applies to the offensive line rotation. Lincoln Riley also brought in a bunch of guys through the transfer portal in, in order to upgrade the Trojans roster. Uh, most notably at wide receiver. We're going to take a look at that, uh, that talented group on tonight's show. And which freshman from the 2022 recruiting class will make an impact this season? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're downloading your podcast for free, um, thanks for coming along for the ride. We appreciate you listening. And if you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Uh, tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you don't like. We're going to maybe start doing some uh, mailbag stuff. So if you've got some questions... Start uh, start sending them on in. <clears throat> Again, without you, this show doesn't mean a whole lot. So thanks for coming along for the ride. We're growing and you're a part of it. All right. So in, like I mentioned at the top, um, we're just 31 days away from the season actually starting. So um, by the time you're listening to this, actually, uh, or watching it, uh, the season will actually be starting in 30 days. Uh, this show will be published on YouTube on Thursday morning. So there you go. USC versus Rice. We're 30 days away at the Coliseum. Can you believe it? That's how fast time flies. It wasn't that long ago where Clay Helton was the head coach. And then after Clay Helton was let go, where Dante Williams took over for the remainder of the season, and USC finished 4-8. and eight. That's not a reflection on Dante. I'm just kind of painting the big picture in a real simplistic terms and say, and now in November, Lincoln Riley was hired and there's a brand new roster. They went through spring camp and here we are. We're ready to open fall camp in a day and a half, two days on Friday. It's crazy. Um, most of fall camp's practices are going to be off limits, uh, not to the public for sure, but to the media, um, we're only going to see what Lincoln wants us to see. Uh, however, um, there's two position groups that I'm going to be really focused on. Uh, number one is the offensive line rotation, and the other is going to be the rush end uh, rotation. Um, so let's start with the rush end. You've got Corey Foreman retor returning for his sophomore season. He was the number one uh, defensive player, arguably in the country coming out of high school, definitely in California. 
and he chose USC over everybody. He actually decommitted from Clemson at one point, and uh, he became a Trojan. Now, everybody knows, and well, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you real quickly, if you are a high school student athlete in California during the COVID season in 2020, uh, you didn't get to play football. You didn't get to do a whole lot. So you your development was, was definitely stunted. Um, when Corey Foreman arrived at USC, I think everyone's expectation or the anticipation level was, hey, he's just going to step right in and he's going to compliment Drake Jackson really well and USC's defensive line is going to look outstanding. Well, nothing like that ever happened. It never materialized. Uh Corey Foreman is now, again, he's going to be a sophomore. He's got a new coaching staff. Roy Manning is his position coach. Uh, Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator. And, of course, Lincoln Riley is the head coach. Is he going to be able to prove to everybody why he was the, why he was considered the number one defensive player in the country coming out of high school, regardless of not playing his senior season or having a very limited he did play, but it was it was very limited. It was, uh, yeah, we want to get. He did play. We'll explain that on another show. Um, or you know, is is he going to be? Is Romello Height the transfer from Auburn? Is he going to come in and wrestle that position away? You know, he, you know, SEC player. Um, I got a friend who who does the locked on Auburn. <laughs> he's part of the Locked On Auburn Network, uh, Zach, and he tells me all the time, man, he, he wishes Romello was still back at Auburn. Okay. You know, he might be looking at it through orange and blue War Eagle glasses. I don't know. I didn't really do a deep dive into checking out Romello's um, highlights. What I did see at, at spring impressed me. He looks the part. I said on WeRSC.com's Inside the Trojan Huddle, that in this defensive scheme that Alex Grinch is bringing, the rush end defensive end position is is the is the money position. You know, their goal is to get after the quarterback, create chaos, mayhem. And that's what, you know, Corey Foreman and Romello Height are going to be asked to do. And then, you know, you've got everybody's, I'm not going to say wild card, but everybody's hoping that they get to see Solo, Solomon Tulia Pupu, finally get out there and, and, and see what he can do. Um, that's gonna, This is where my eye is going to be. From, for as long as I get to watch practice, um, I want to kind of check out and see, you know, who's, who's, who's running first, who's running second, who's running third. And you can kind of tell that when they're going through their drills, how they line up. And that kind of gives you a, an indication sort of, um, of where they are as far as the uh, depth chart is concerned. Now, on the O-line, um, I, I there's no question that the interior is going to be Andrew Voorhees at left guard, Brett Nylon at center, Justin Dietrich at right guard. I think everyone's assuming going in, the starting tackles are going to be Cortland Ford at left tackle, Jonah Monheim at right tackle. Now, with that said, tomorrow on Thursday, um, I'm recording this Wednesday night, 
USC's coaching staff and 28 um, pre-selected players are going to have a meet and greet with the media. And this is going to take place uh, in the afternoon. The players are going to come in in groups. Well, the reason why I'm bringing up the O-line is the O-line is coming up, is coming in together as a group uh, for the meet and greet. Makes sense. Um, but it's not just the five guys that, you know, were, were starting last year. They're also bringing along Bobby Haskins, the transfer from, from Virginia. You know, again, I'm one of those guys who, when I see something that kind of out of the ordinary, uh, my radar goes up. Like, okay, what's going on here? Let's look behind, let's peel back the layers. What could be going on here? Well, there's been a lot of rumor, a lot of speculation that Bobby Haskins was brought in to be a starting tackle on this, this roster this year. That means either Cortland Ford or Jonah Monheim are going to drop down to second string, if that's the case. A lot of people think it's going to be at the left tackle spot. So, uh, again, I'm going to keep an eye on the uh, offensive line, the rotation, see who's lining up where, who's in front of who. Uh, to me, that's one of the interesting um, things to take to, to look at. Because as far as, you know, last year, USC's offensive line, as far as I was concerned, was their most productive group. And, you know, the the, the team didn't have a lot to say. There, there wasn't a lot of productivity from the team as a whole. But when you can pinpoint USC's offensive line and said, hey, they did great. Let's Now you, you brought in a, a, a transfer. It, it, I'm not saying he's disrupting anything, but... You know, it's creating competition. So let's see who's, who's going to be starting. And we won't know until, you know, that first game against Rice. But, uh, you know, we're going to see how Lincoln builds this builds his offensive line. And you know what else is, you can do? You can go to Built.com to get their new Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried these things yet, you're depriving yourself. Um there's this new flavor they have. They're called the indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Okay. So let me introduce you to their new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs and have a light and chewy texture. They're with real cookie dough chunks. And of course they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. <clears throat> Whoa. So run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can just, you know, find a really good hiding place. Keep them to yourself. You don't need to show them to anybody. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Uh, so eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. All right. Now, in this segment... uh. 
which one of the freshmen from the 2022 recruiting class is going to be able to have an impact? You know, there w- Lincoln Riley brought in a grip of players through the transfer portal, but the actual recruiting class itself was relatively small. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And if we want to include Atticus Bertram, the puncher, there's a total of eight recruited players uh, that you would call freshmen. Um, Atticus Bertram right now uh, is signed, but he is not on the roster. Again, we're, we'll try and figure out exactly what the uh, snafu is, if and when. But at this point right now, um, let's talk about the seven who are at USC. So Damani Jackson, the cornerback from Modern Day High School. Uh, big, strong, fast. You don't, this is, if you could build a football player to play defensive back in a laboratory, it looks like Damani Jackson. I, I mean, he was what, 6'1", 6'2", uh, I'd say around 180, 190, uh, and can move like the wind incredibly fast, 100 meters track guy. So can he make an impact? Possibly. Will he start? I I doubt it. I think Makai Blackman, the transfer from Colorado's, is kind of pegged as starting at one cornerback position. Um, that doesn't mean that Damani is not going to be part of the rotation. You could probably see him on special teams making an impact, maybe returning kicks. What about Zion Branch, the safety from Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman High School? Well, I would say, typically I would say yes. Uh, he might be one of the first guys you would think of. However, if you weren't aware, um, he did suffer a knee injury at some point during the uh, summer workouts. So uh, he is, although he is recovering quickly uh, from what we've been told, sources have, have told us that the plan is to let him use his red shirt and let him get 100% healthy for next year. So uh, no on Zion Branch having an impact this year. What about Rayleigh Brown from Modern Day? Uh, he's the athlete who you're going to see lined up in the backfield at running. You'll, they'll you know, run him out in motion, put him at wide receiver on the slot. He's probably the guy who is going to make have the the earliest opportunity to make an impact. That's probably the best way to, to put it. Um, only because the running back position, I won't say it's thin. Well, yeah, I, I will say it's thin, but it's talented. You've got Travis Dye and Austin Jones, the transfers that came in from Oregon and Stanford, um, respectively, as well as returning running back Darwin Barlow. So um, three talented guys ahead of him. Nevertheless, uh, you, you you want more than three guys at the running back position. And Rayleigh Brown is different than those other guys. Rayleigh Brown is that shifty, you know, go button on your video game controller that when the ball is in, is in his hands in the open field, you kind of like, you don't hold, you, you hold your breath like anything could possibly happen at this moment. So, yeah, I think Rayleigh Brown is probably the qualifier for impact as a freshman player. C.J. Williams, another modern-day guy, wide receiver. 
uh, really talented. Um, unfortunately, he's just got a lot of guys in front of him who have uh, experience. Not saying CJ can't, you know, earn the chance, but chances are um, he's on a red shirt this year. You got Fabian Ross uh, from Bishop Gorman, Las Vegas, another cornerback, defensive back guy. Uh, again, a lot of guys in front of him with experience, <laughs> maybe a special teams guy. And then the other two guys, they don't get mentioned very often. Devin Tompkins, he's a rush end, and Garrison Madden, linebacker from Georgia. I think both of those guys, um, yeah, if they're going to have any impact, it'll be on special teams this year, but I don't see them uh, cracking the rotation. So that's, it'll be interesting. You know, again, the freshman class, very small. Uh, again, Damani Jackson, Rayleigh Brown, I think are probably the two guys that have the best opportunity. And then after that, mm, yeah, good luck, freshman. USC brought in a lot of transfers for a reason. And that's what we're going to talk about in this segment uh, is the transfer impact. Look, everyone has, we've talked about Caleb Williams. We've talked about Jordan Addison and we've talked about Shane Lee um, and deservedly so. Uh, those guys are etched in stone. They're going to have an impact this year. And for obvious reasons. Uh, but, you know, what about these guys? What about Travis Dye and Austin Jones? Um, they're definitely going to have an impact. I mean, they were brought in specifically to be handed off the ball and to catch the ball out of the backfield. USC lost a lot at running back. Um, you know, Keontae Ingram's no longer here. Uh, Keenan Kristen decided to uh, transfer. You had Darwin Barlow returning. Uh, you got a couple of walk-ons. Matt Colombo, talented from St. John Bosco. But you needed to bring in a Travis Dye. You needed to bring in Austin Jones. You, you're definitely going to say, yeah, they're making an impact because they're going to be on the field. Um, but uh, between those two, it'll be interesting to see which one... Um, I guess gets more love. Be an interesting, interesting uh, group to watch. I mentioned Bobby Haskins earlier with the meet and greet. So, will he unseat Cortland Ford at left tackle? Um, I I don't know of anybody who works harder during the off season than Cortland Ford. Uh, is jo is Jonah Monheim going to be able to hold on that right tackle spot? Bobby Haskins has, I believe, 20 starts uh, under his belt during his time at Virginia, and he's played both positions. He's played in a total of 45 games in, in, in his career. So uh, typically, seniors don't transfer to be a backup. So, um, again, he's coming over. He's competing for one of the starting spots. Which one's it going to be? Because it's not going to be in the interior. Now, the wide receiver room. This is a really deep, deep group. Uh, 
you know, besides Jordan Addison, yeah, the Blitnikoff Award winner from 2021 is probably going to have an impact in 2022. <laughs> um, but Riley also brought in Brendan Rice from Colorado, Mario Williams from Oklahoma, and Terrell Bynum from Washington. Now, I, I'm not sure if Mario started last year or not, but he, he did get a lot of playing time. But the other two, you know, those guys were starters at their previous schools. Um, so, including Jordan Addison, that's four new guys um, that were significant contributors, if not starters, at their previous stops. So, which incumbent on USC's roster is going to see their time decreased? You know, Gary Bryant, he's a returner. He's got a bunch of speed. Kyle Ford, man, he's he's finally healthy. You know, is he going to get pushed aside for any of these guys? He's got a big body. Um, last year, he he started he started to show his hands again with with Kyle Ford. Is if he can stay healthy, he'll get on the field. And now it's just a matter of, you know, can he take advantage of those opportunities when he's out there throwing the ball? Again, I mentioned Gary uh, Gary Bryant, the junior, uh, super speedy guy, can stretch the field. You would think that he would fit into uh, Lincoln Riley's plans of, uh, of wanting to stretch the field. Um, what about Michael Jackson, the third from Las Vegas? He'll be wearing Juju Jack Juju Smith Schuster's old number, number nine this year. Caleb Williams won the negotiating rights for number thirteen. Um, you've got Kyron Ware Hudson, another wide receiver from modern day. Another big wide receiver, 6'2", 220, big physical, imposing guy. Uh, I, I here's the guy who I think's t- who I think his time is going to be decreased. And he, he was a significant contributor last year at the wide receiver position. And that's Taj Washington. Again, you don't bring in four guys of that caliber if you're satisfied with your wide receiver room. Obviously, Lincoln Riley took a look at it. And George, um, Caleb Williams definitely, after spring, said... Go get Jordan Addison. Whatever it takes, we got to go get Jordan Addison. And Jordan Addison is now at USC. So, again, the question was, you know, which wide receiver returning is going to see their playing time decreased from last year? You know, you still got guys like John Jackson who want to get on the field. Um, again, this is a deep, deep, deep group of talented talented wide receivers. I guess another position group to watch. And as the season goes on, uh, but we know that Lincoln likes to spread the ball around. And he, we know that he likes to rotate guys in. So uh, when you, when the opportunity shows up, guys, you're going to have to make the most of it because uh, eventually Caleb is going to develop chemistry. The quarterback position, whether it's Caleb Williams or Miller Moss, uh, chemistry is going to be developed and you're going to have to compete and fight for those things, for those reps, for those opportunities. All right, so a couple of things before we get out of here. 
um, real quick note, and I'll try not to uh, peel any onions because I, I did enough crying yesterday. Thanks, Vin Scully. I'm going to miss you. That's why I'm wearing blue today. You won't see me wearing blue very often. And also, um, when you're making Locked on USC your first listen every day, Make sure to check out the uh, Locked On Network with the Locked On Pac-12, your host, Spencer McLaughlin. He'll give you all your Pac-12 news and notes in 30 minutes or less. And you got Nate Dickinson doing the Locked On Big Ten, doing the same. USC and UCLA will be a part of the Big Ten in two years. So, USC fans, you'll want to kind of stay up to date with the goings-on with our new conference family. All right. So until our next episode, which will be tomorrow after you're watching or listening to this one. Also, don't forget, you can always catch me over there on WeRSC.com. Inside the Trojan Huddle podcast is also published. Again, thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen and your first watch every day. Fight on, everybody.